TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging. Well, Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, I just get a little bit tickled pink to be able to go down to Melbourne and speak to my brother from another mother. He is the guru of gurus. The gurus sit on their knees. Well, they don't sit on their knees. They kneel on their knees and pay homage to the great wellness legend himself, Guru uh, Reishi Master, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, Guru. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> three, three, Damien. Sometimes it's unbelievable amount of dribble coming there. That's a, that's so great. Thanks, Hi, Sensei. I think Sensei. I need a little bit of a prop up at the moment. Konnichiwa, Konnichiwa. Thank you very much. Oh. It was uh, Arigato. Hey, um, let me do this. Hey, Sebe. How um, how are you? I'm how good. I have, you, to sh- I have to show you. you I have to show you someone. I have to show you someone. Come in here, because he doesn't get much of a look in these days. I know you can't see Spencer, but in oh. there. Spencer, look at you, Spencer. A whole tribe of people, a community of longevity lovebirds watching this, and you are a part of that community. Look at that. Boy. He's just brought in a bit of chalky milk, brought in a bit of chalky milk, which this oh. is not going very well for all of those listening. Sorry that you can't see. Um, here you go, big boy. Over to my no. We might have the inevitable no. tears in a moment, not sure. No, we got no tears. We're good. We're good. So there we go. Um Nothing like live, Damo. Nothing like live when you're in Facebook land. And I didn't, I didn't tell Sebe that I was recording. So in fairness, she had no idea uh, uh, yeah. that that was happening. All good. How Always are you, bro? Great to have a little bit of Sebe rock up and to see a little Spencer. How Let's good see. is that? What a cute little kid he is. Gorgeous. Now you've been in, you've been in, wow. in, in hiding um, because you've had a week of just studying like a mofo. You told me that you've been listening, uh, reading a three hundred. <laughs> what is a mofo? Oh, mofo? No, I, I don't want to say. Oh, hold on, I've changed my Because <laughs> it's rude, isn't it? I think mofo is rude. It is rude. That's why I don't want to say because we're a clean, we're a very clean um, mm. podcast, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. Not only have you been in lockdown, you've also been in self-imposed cave time, study time. Uh, you've worked through a 385-page text for someone that is the guru sensei three o body om of wellness, why are you developing? No, not why. It's not the right question. It is incredible that you are still developing your knowledge and going into the unknowns of unknowns to be even more incredible at what you do. Tell people what you've been doing. Sure. Well, I've uh, just completed doing this one here. So it's the um, Foundations of Lifestyle Medicine. Uh, it's the Lifestyle Medicine Board Review Manual. It's the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. So I've just finished reading that, like from front to back. Look at all those pages. Check all that out. And like, if you look at it, it's just pages of dot points. Wow. Look at that. Not that people can who are listening to see that. <laughs> Imagine yeah, a bad image. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now, imagine a textbook, 380-something pages long, all A4 pages, just full of dot points. That's all that there are, and stats. So I've just been punishing myself doing all that. Um, So somebody asked me the other day, why are you doing it? And I said, well, it's probably not for my practice, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to 
practice with it. Um, it's it's really because I think the next thing for me beyond uh, being the next thing for me be, beyond being a chiropractor will be to I think probably start to work on policy or to start working on um, health promotion um, in the space. Hopefully, um, hopefully, and we'll see where this goes. Um, helping um, the government. Um, make better policy decisions around you, health and well-being. You're the next prime minister. Right? You are the next prime minister. No. You're going into politics. No you, but, tell us, you are going into politics. <laughs> I'm definitely not. But the reason why I'm doing it is because in like in higher levels, in whether it be medicine or healthcare or government or whatever else, like in all of those sort of situations. Um, they look for higher level qualifications and um, and there's certain qualifications that they don't really like. So, you know, they're not enamored with you being a chiropractor. They're not over the moon that you're a naturopath and um, they couldn't give two shits or one um, if you're a nutritionist, to be honest with you, right? So I thought I've got to go and do something else that uh, is master's level and gets me a higher level qualification, which is what this thing here is. So um, that's why I'm doing it. So... Um, I may get a chance to use some of it in practice. I've written some case studies. Um, I've been doing some work with some people um, to see if it'll actually work. Um, There's a and, case study calling you and, right now. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, how about that? It's just Australia Post is relentless, isn't it? Like they just they just ring the buzzer whenever they want to ring the buzzer. It's like when your baby's sleeping, they ring the buzzer. You know, <laughs> don't press the bell. <laughs> anyway, uh, who are these? Oh, that's a whole people? episode. That's a whole so episode why, in itself. That's what I've been doing. So I've been doing that. Um, yeah. So give us the um, scoop. So You're a master. But- Tell us, what have you been learning specifically? Like give me give me your wowzer. What was your wowzer in the 385 pages? What was the, oh, my gosh, or was it bereft of, oh, my gosh? Well, well, you know what's funny is that as I was as I started reading it, in the early days of me signing up for this course, I was unaware that the – um, that the course was very much centered around Loma Linda, like the University of Loma Linda. And so, sorry, everybody, I keep getting distracted because Marcus has this thing, fingers to mouth, and it's just like he's gone from feeding his face with food to now drinking chocolate milk. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm so distracted right now. I'm on mute. Like, my I'm on mute when I sip already it. already really I... high. My stress <laughs> level is already so high living down here in Melbourne. And I've got Daniel Andrews out there doing his stuff. And now Marcus right in front of me is eating food in front of my face, like literally 30 centimetres away. It's but, like, you know, I'm, I'm muting because I love you so much. I love you so much. I have muted you. I've muted me. But I'm watching it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to like do this. I'm gonna have to like. It's down. Not see it. It's down. I don't want to add to anyone's stress level, particularly my Melbourneian friends. It is gone. I'll pop it away from my arms. There you go. It's gone. Gone. Spencer wants to be coming. It's in. like he a wants distraction. To... Like, yeah. It's like so. It's kind of like when you're speaking. Like I was speaking to Jackson the other day, and uh, as I was speaking to him, I could see that his eyes were darting off to another screen mm-hmm. or another area of his screen. I'm going. What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just typing to somebody else. I go, no, yeah, that means you're no. not present. Like yeah. that means you're not with me. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like here I am. I'm trying to tell a story, and you're sipping chocolate milk. So I'm going, is he listening to me? Who, who am I talking to here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. So I think that's what was going on through my mind. Oh, just I'm then. listening. Don't tell me if worry. I'm weird, everybody. Tell me if I'm weird. For those who are watching live, tell me if I'm weird. I'm happy to be told that I'm weird. Um, totally well, fine. 
We're all um, unique, so- Damien, Mr. Masticophobia Bamobia. <laughs> <laughs> I do have it. It's, it's, I think it's actually heightened at the moment. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was all Loma Linderish, which in layman's terms is very vegetarian. Um, so that whole vegetarian piece for me was challenging because I've obviously studied a lot of nutrition and have kind of understand the role of vegetarianism, understand the role of, say, blood type, the role of keto, the role of paleo, and where each of these different eating programs can be you know, put into somebody's lifestyle to help them. So then they go and present evidence about um, reversal of type 2 diabetes using diet um, and then reversal of cardiovascular disease using diet. But it's got a very much a flavor of Loma Linda. So then I'm going, well, I know that I can apply other types of diets to this and still achieve the same sorts of results. So the aha moments for me were uh, learning about how when you apply these different sorts of diets, um, understanding um, scales of readiness for people. So um, I think that when somebody comes to see me that they're ready, but they may not be ready yet. Um, they're just coming to see me. Uh, so that was a really big um, aha moment to you know kind of realize that some people aren't actually necessarily ready, even though they're having a consultation with you. So the psychology of health was really interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, the impact of movement, the statistics around movement, how much movement you've actually got to do for it to actually impact on your weight. So it's, it's quite a significant amount of exercise. It's something like 45 minutes of moderate exercise on average per day over the space of a week um, to actually shift about 5% of your total weight, like over a period of time. So it's it's quite a lot of exercise to actually achieve weight loss and then obviously cardiovascular reversal and disease reversal and all that sort of stuff. So I just found all that sort of stuff fascinating because it's just, you know, it's advancement on stuff that I've already learned, but it was also just tying in, I suppose, some loose ends around, you know, different eating programs. So I think it was interesting. All right. This is good. This is really good. And you're getting a lot of comments saying that you are not weird, which is very reassuring. <laughs> now, you mentioned two terms in there, well, Thanks. two two items that I think is really important that well, I would love to ask you about. And, and actually, for those watching us on Facebook, it's uh, at 100 not out. Spell it all out if you uh, want to come and join us on a Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Scale of readiness. I reckon this is the Pandora's box of health, wellness, and personal growth. A lot of us yeah. go on a diet thinking that we're ready but in our heart of hearts, we are actually low in the scale of readiness. We go to a health professional, whether it's a naturopath or a chiro or anyone, thinking that we're ready, but our scale of genuine readiness is a lot lower than what we'd like to admit. Um, I'd like our listeners and our viewers to ponder that. Like the things that you say you want to do, are you genuinely, genuinely ready to do it? Because genuine readiness versus socially acceptable readiness is is such a different thing and i'd love your insight on this demo around dieting the scale of readiness for someone that says i'm going on a diet i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that the gunner scale of readiness is often at 10 out of 10 but then i'm sure you see this in practice where the genuine readiness is a lot lower and that becomes evident when you see them on on subsequent visits um is it something that you feel like you can identify with people like that term I'm like, whoa, that's a great term. You could bring that into conversation with people, educate them on the scale of readiness and maybe 
they weren't as ready as they thought they were. And that's not a bad thing. It's just good to be aware of where we are. Like, is that the type of stuff that you think is what, you know, people want or need? Because as I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm like, whoa, that's really quite powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful because um, when it comes to behavioral change, um, this whole readiness paradigm um, talks about pre-contemplative phases through to, you know, pre-contemplation to contemplation to um, preparation to implementation and so on and so forth. And then you can fall out of each of those cycles as you're going along. So once you've started, you might fall out of that. You might regress and go back. So let's say, for example, you've lost 30 kilos and then you go and put on 10 or 15 kilos, um, you could quite easily go, oh, my gosh, I've, I've wrecked it. But if you identify that you're just going around in a circle at the moment and you're going back into another phase of either pre-contemplation or contemplation, getting ready to go and do another cycle of what you've got to do to get right, um, that's softer on your body than actually just saying, oh, that failed for me. So I think that's it was really nice to just you know recognize that you, once you've – push go doesn't mean you've always got to be going you're not 100 miles an hour pedal to the metal you've got to stop from time to time put some fuel in the tank all that sort of stuff so i think this is this is a really important piece around that so you're not always going to be ready to do what you need to do and what you need to do is not necessarily going to be the thing that you're going to do um, and what you're going to do is not necessarily the thing that you need to be doing so there's a whole lot of you know different bits there that um that are I think associated more with the psychology of change um, as opposed to the desire to change because I think most people have got a desire to be different than what they actually are um, and and so that's not that's not any reflection on your readiness it's just it's just that you've got that desire so you okay so speaking of desire and there's some really good comments coming through here Wendy says unless you're in the right headspace you cannot make the changes you need to and want to you've got to stop the BS in your head I mean this is the stuff that this so then this generally comes down to what you just mentioned in desire so you mentioned these four phases pre-contemplative contemplative preparation and implementation now um, based on those four where is desire because I'm thinking of my own life at the moment. My movement is nowhere near where it needs to be, particularly, as you mentioned, 45 minutes a day. Is desire in contemplative? Because I'm listening to what what exactly would pre-contemplative be? Yeah, pre-contemplative is not really noticing that something needs to change. And so you're kind of not even on the page that something needs to change or that you want to change, you know. So you're not even ready to do that. You're nowhere near it. The contemplative stage is kind of where you go, mm, yeah, okay, definitely need to move more. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll, that's something I do want to do. I, I want to move more. Um, that's different to being. Uh, that's different to saying, um, I want to lose weight. So that's that's different because um, if you said I want to be fit, that's probably still pre-contemplative. Um, but in order to be fit, you realise that you've got to move more. Um, to move into the complicated, compl- um, yeah, what is it? Pre-contemplative. Contemplative. Yep. Well, the, to move into the contemplative stage in losing weight, you go. I, you've got to kind of already identify that you need to cut back on something. Yep. So you go. I've got to cut back on ice cream, or I've got to cut back on coffees, or I've got to cut back on blah blah blah. And so that's your contemplation stage. And then you get to your, um, you know, the the stage where you start to plan all that out. And so you plan all that sort of stuff out. Then you go into implementation. And then there's another another two steps, but this is also fresh in my head that I've got to reorganize a whole lot again. But there's another two steps in this whole behavioral change. For your masters. 
we're like, I hope you, you should be getting points. <laughs> it's true. You get credits. Um, because yeah, I know maybe, just maybe. listening to you talk, I know for me I have been contemplating this a 30-day movement. Um, it's just literally 30 days. It's Body Coach TV. If anyone is interested, it's like 10 or 15 minutes a day, a bit like yoga with Adrian Damo but with uh, Joe the Body Coach. I've done it once before and I'm like I've kind of just gone a bit slack <clears throat> and I'm definitely noticing that I'm not fulfilling even the minimum requirements for movement. And so am I, I'm contemplating do I do the 30-day course or do I do something else? So that is the, that's the example of contemplative, correct? And then preparation is what time will I do it? Will I do it in the morning? Is it something that I'd be prepared to do in the middle of the day, which for me it isn't? So I'm beginning to go, all right, what time yep. will I get up? What are the challenges like if Darby or Tommy wake up early and they want to do this and that and all? So that's the preparation time, is it not? Where you're actually beginning to work out that's all prep. Yep. something specific. So yep. you're not saying, do I want to lose weight or do I want to move more? You've, had, you've gone, you've contemplated past that. You've ended with desire, I suppose, to move into preparation. You go, right, I'm, I'm now like I'm, I don't want to say I'm committed to it because I know that's not necessarily genuine. But you're working through it. You're, you're working it out. You're preparing for it. And then implementation is, is, is naturally enough. That's the implementation that's, that's doing it. But I, I love this, what you're talking about, because I feel like um, for all of us, it's actually good to know in any area of life what, what stage are we in because we don't beat ourselves over mm. the head when it doesn't happen. Like so many people probably try and jump from contemplative to implementation without doing any prep work and then they wonder why they fell apart. It's because they don't actually do the necessary steps to sustain it and i'm wondering if maybe one of those second those second steps that we haven't spoken about is the sustainability once you implement it how do you maintain it yeah there's a bit of that maintenance phase for sure but i think the other thing is too that a lot of people once they start something they believe that because they've started it they've now got to succeed at it and then if they're not succeeding at it they shy away and they don't continue with it so um and then they go then it's it's like um they've pulled up the stumps and they've taken the cricket bat and they've walked home um and nobody's you know and, and everyone's going what how, how come what happened to johnny you know where's mp gone oh, he left he took his stumps and his cricket bat oh how come oh, he wasn't making runs uh you know it's it's that, that sort of thing instead of actually asking for a little bit of help and saying hey you know give me a hand here mm. they just kind of duck and weave and try and move out of that space so mm. um that's you know that that's it's it's really obvious when you see that you know when you're reading this book or when you're reading through these chapters of behavioural change because you realise that this is normal behaviour this is what people do um, but it's also avoidable behaviour um, because what you and I talk about is social support and structures and community and um, conversation and you know all, all of those things that are, are I suppose parts of the fabric of longevity. Uh, which is all around psychology, um, is probably the protective barrier for falling off the wagon. You know what I mean? Well, speaking so. of falling off the wagon, you mentioned 45 minutes per day of moderate exercise. Now, I would love to know from the people that are watching this on Facebook, pop in the comments if you feel comfortable. If you are doing 45 minutes of moderate exercise on average each day. Now, you're saying seven days, Damo? Five days, six days, seven days? 
Yeah, look to lose weight. To lose weight, to it's lose weight. every day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. this is this is yeah. in, the, in so, specific to weight. Yeah, but to stay healthy, it's thirty minutes a day of moderate exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, up to up to four times a week, um, and then you know you could also be doing a high intensity interval training if you wanted to, and you could be doing some stretching and some other bits and pieces. But essentially, they need to be uh, moving every single day just to stay healthy and well. Uh, so, so moderate exercise is the amount of exercise that you get to that you could speak but not sing. Mm. So you could be speaking to somebody, but you wouldn't be able to sing a mm-hmm. tune. Um, <laughs> that's essentially what moderate exercise is described as, right? Um, and then you go to the next level um, of exercise, which would be heavy exercise, which is where you could breathe, but you couldn't speak Can't or sing. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of a, a nice little indicator. Um, like a nice brisk walk, you should be able to sing. Mm. Um, and, and you know, you want to be doing more of that to to, to be helping your body out. Um, but that's not necessarily going to get you cardiovascular fit. It's going to keep you moving, but it won't get you cardiovascular fit. And the last question on this um before we wrap is is there any reference to what you've been studying about the seasons i'm about to sneeze in a moment speaking of which the seasons and movement because in winter most people would move less than in summer so is there any reference to the seasons and movement because i would hazard a guess i know for weight loss it would be no matter the day no matter the month no matter the time of the year but either in the book or in in your studies or insight is there any conversation about the duration, frequency of movement uh, in relation to the time of the year? Not necessarily, no. And I know you love to talk about moon cycles and uh, and all those sorts of things. Um, it's been interesting because I've been moving and walking every single day. So we get up at the same time every single day. We go for a walk. I take a photo every single day in the same spot of the city. Um, I've got this unbelievable collection of all these different photos on different days. Um, of the city from this point in Brighton. It looks really cool. So you see clouds, some days there's sunshine. Um, there was a period of time there where the sun actually wasn't getting up in time for me to take the photo. I was still taking the photo, but it was still dark. Like it was some really cool, you know, photos. Um, the one thing that I noticed though, uh, and I've noticed more and more, is that depending on where the moon is um, often determines, uh, you know, the amount of people that are out. So I don't maybe there's something to do with moon cycles and people being able to wake up at the right time or, you know, get exercising or whatever. But but no, you just need to exercise. That's really what it comes down to. And this is coming from a guy who always thought that you just had to eat well. Um I was never really I mean, I've exercised and I've ridden bikes and I've done triathlon and you know, been fit and all that sort of stuff and I can do chin ups and you know, all that sort of stuff that Kale Brock does. I can do all those sorts of things except the splits and surf. Um, But I, yeah. Um, But I never really, I've never really loved going out for a long ride or never really loved going out for a long run. Like I'll go for a long walk. Like I love that. But I never really love the idea of it. I'll go out for a long game of golf. No problem. don't you think that's okay? Like I think that's wonderful. I don't think that's bad or lacking in any way. In terms of longevity, yes, absolutely. But uh, when you read this book and it talks about the reduction of chronic health conditions, so we're talking diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and cancer, their whole thing is the amount of exercise that you do is unbelievably important and the type of exercise that you do is unbelievably important. And that's based on the science. So, you know, as I've said this before, you can science the shit out of a whole lot of stuff. 
um, but you can't beat nature. So if you look at what your body is actually craving and desiring and needing, like if you're even if you're interpreting exactly what your body wants, and you bless you, I'm so glad you got that out. I can see that just hanging around. No, but I know, but it was good to see that that you just got it out. It was only a cough. No, no, yeah, everyone would see it. Still hanging around. That's okay. You better go get tested. In Victoria, (laughs) you'd have to go get tested because the slightest symptom, you have to go get tested, even if. All you do is sneeze. You have to go get tested here in Victoria because we're trying to find every single person with COVID. And if we don't, then they're still out there. Oh, anyway, um, so yeah, so it's been fascinating. So I've always been about food and um, and not so much movement. But looking at the Icarian lifestyle, the Sardinians, um, even looking now, I suppose, at the Loma Lindens, when you look at the Loma Lindens in uh, Kale's documentary, The Longevity Film, um, some of them were pretty big, mate. Some, some of them were yeah. very big people. Absolutely. So clearly, they don't. They, I think, they think it's about avoidance of chronic disease. Does that yeah, make sense? Like so it's more about let's make sure you're healthy. That's the paradigm. Well, and this, I wrote that in my in my case study. I said in Australia, people are uh, happy eating the standard Australian diet, the sad diet. They're happy eating that because it's considered to be healthy until they've been diagnosed with a disease. Mm. Then once they've been diagnosed with a disease, they're told that it's genetic. And because it's genetic, it wouldn't have been their fault anyway. So don't worry. You could have done whatever you needed to do. So just take these drugs. That whole paradigm is flawed, right? So, um, and this is where I suppose I see, you know, what could be happening in Loma Linda, uh, which is California. And you look at people in California who are overweight, significantly over, overweight, um, but may live a long time mm. because they don't get the diseases, these chronic health conditions, maybe because they exercise enough. Um, and there is this paradox where people are overweight. So somebody who is overweight but fit has better longevity than someone who is normal weight but not fit. Mm. So I found that really interesting as well. Mm. So fitness is key. Fitness Mm. is key. Uh, I am grateful and I'm sure all of our listeners and our viewers on Facebook are grateful for you just diving right into the Masters. Sight unseen, we didn't prep you for this. We didn't give you any warning. We just started barreling you with questions and you've delivered, (laughs) over-delivered. As always, uh, uh, scales of readiness, yes. the power of movement, uh, the challenge of paradigms and, and where you live. If, are you healthy if you don't have a chronic disease? Um, another mind bender demo. Thanks again, you dead set legend. Mm. Ah, thanks, PC. Thanks for having a little chat about that. I did actually have some topics I wanted to talk about. Um, there were some, some interesting things. So maybe, this is not the end. Maybe we're going to have a chat about that. Yeah, this is not the end. Um, big thank really, I was just con- I was, yeah, I was contemplating. I was contemplating as I was walking the other morning, just about some stuff, and I was just fascinated um, with you know the the just different behaviours. And so I thought, oh, it might be worth talking about different behaviours and what people do. Obviously, when people are stressed, they're less compassionate. So there's yep. uh, there's things that are going on at the moment. That's mm. a topic. That's that's a topic for a podcast for sure. Um, Wendy Stewart mm. says, Damo, mm. just awesome. Lisa Patrick says, awesome. Callie Brown, yes. hello to you, legend. She runs for 45 minutes a day, running after the kids, making beds, hanging out laundry whilst their daughter sings. That is that is uh, the, the, the definitely the parents <sighs> the parents exercise. Um, thanks to everyone for being yeah. involved in the in the Facebook chatter. Julie Hill, Summer Daily, Wendy Stewart, everyone in there. That is very kind of everyone. you. Everyone. Um, 
We are, I think we're over about 4 no million. Ravi. No Ravi today. Oh, gosh. A no shout Ravi out to today. the people that aren't listening. Um, mm. No Ravi. Fabulous topic, says Debbie. Oh, Pete's there. Pete Lennon's there. Good work Pete. on your Pete. Good to see Pete. Yep. Yeah. Lots of Thank legends you. in Heidi there. Binder. On your Heidi. Wonderful. Mm. Robin. Um, <laughs> I am going to attempt to wind up this podcast, folks. We'll hang on. We'll hang on in Facebook, so don't go anywhere. We'll just end this episode of 100 Not Out by saying thank you to all of our loyal listeners for being part of the 100 Not Out community. We love you and we send you all of our love and best wishes um, at these times. I reckon Damo is a dead set legend and one of the most knowledgeable people you will ever meet. So go and find out more about him by going to uh, www.damienchristoph.com. For myself, head on over to marcuspierce.com.au. To everyone that's make, that makes this podcast possible, thank you to you. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.